No, you say it right. You're one of the very few people that say it right. Because I think that a lot of people would imagine it to be De La Mer. I, we get De La Mer, De La Mer, De La Mar. What, what's the origin? Is it French it's, or? It's yeah. French because the D, the L, and the M are all capital. I usually get French names right just because of my uh, experience with Louisiana and being from oh, yeah. Louisiana. So, so th before we get on and before we go into like some announcements and stuff like that, I just want to tell you like Meredith is like the bravest podcaster ever. Um, she does the same thing that Brad does. I am a 50 year old man, you know, especially at, well, and then a 50 year old man that lost hundred pounds. So like if the camera angle is from the bottom, you know, um, <laughs> You know, I would almost need to stretch out my my chin just so you didn't see any loose skin from my weight loss and stuff like that. But but Meredith has no shame, and and Brad does this too. Brad does like she's she's making all these <laughs> faces right now. Um, but she does it from the camera up, which is something that I have to say. Like if you want to know if Paul Noble still deals with some insecurity related to body composition and stuff like that, that will definitely tell you because. <laughs> Um, you know, there are definitely angles of my face that uh, I would prefer to not uh, be looking at for an hour while we're doing a, a podcast. So, Meredith, super brave. Um, also, I think you're you have kind of that face, right? Like my wife, my wife, um, you know, no matter what she weighs, her face never looks any different. Like, do you? No, I mean it doesn't, but it does. Like my my cheeks get fuller and stuff when I'm when I'm wait. I can look at pictures and say, oh yeah, I was a little heavier in that just because my face is fuller. And you can see my chin and my um, my jawline and my cheekbones a little bit more in certain pictures. But, but I think you're referring but, to like my neck and stuff. But that doesn't usually change. I have a long neck though. But I'm yeah. sitting here on my iPad and I want to be comfortable for the next hour. So would, uh, would other people say that though? Like the criticism that you just gave your yourself, would other people say that or would they? You know? I think so. I've had people say that before. They're like, you look like you've lost weight. Your face is thinner. So okay. I've, I've heard I've heard that. So I usually think that the changes usually aren't as big as we all think they are. And they're not as bad as they think they are. Right. right. Like, both things, you know. Um, cause I could not tell you whether or not my wife, you know, looks any different, but maybe that's just because I see her day to day, you know, but right. and a lot as far as I'm concerned, she looks like she did when I met her when she was 18 years old. I see it more when I look at pictures. That's really where, where I see when I go back and look at pictures or something, I can, I, I see a difference, but that's just. I feel you. So yes. um, not a lot of announcements. Uh, you know, we have the Institute for Better Dieting, which is going to be a diabetes class that um, Brad is doing real soon here. We also are doing a, a small push for intensive coaching where you work with one of the, the, the top coaches. I always kind of say it's the people that actually designed Eat to Perform. And so, um, so that's out there. We, we only have like you know, maybe a spot or two left. So be on the lookout for that. Um, the the next big thing, and this will actually probably be happening the next time we do this podcast, will be the release to clients. And then we're, we're going to launch um, 
after that, like right around July 4th or the weekend of July 4th, I don't actually know um, when it is. I believe July 4th this year is on a Wednesday, though. It is. Yeah, yeah so it'll, it'll probably be the weekend before. Um, but uh, we have something like 40 people beta testing the app right now, and uh, it is it's really cool. I think that, you know, what happens for a lot of people is they look at what they're doing now and compare it to that. Um, I did actually just have someone reach out to me and talk about the Android version. The Android version has actually been kind of the leader. You know, that's been the one to get all of the first changes. And we're just getting the iPhone to speed. So like, for instance, if you're an Android user and you, you want to see the next version of the app, which I believe is the next version of hot, that will literally change fitness, right? There's, there's, there's one little piece that I think it could really help um, down the road. And that's probably going to be a three to four month development cycle. And I can't really talk about that because, you know, the, the problem with talking about ideas that we have is that um, one, it gives you, it gives my competition a little bit of an advantage on me, though at this point, it's sort of hard. Um, you know, we're, we're, we live in this middle ground where, you know, you're either a food logger like MFP or you're a $500 coach that emails people back and forth. And we kind of sit in that middle place, right? Where we can deal with a, a lot more people at, at much better scale. Um, one thing that's very cool, uh, moving, moving forward, and, and, you know, this is something that we've been talking a lot about. But from here on out, um, anyone that joins Eat to Perform will get a dedicated coach. And we've got some really cool news that's going to be happening there also that I really can't talk about yet. But it's just we have the resources <clears throat> to do this. We, we see that it's a, it's a huge priority. Now, you know, of course, we've had thousands of people come through. And if, if they want to have a dedicated coach, we, we have a, a, a small program that, you know, it, it's a little bit of a cost. The, the, the reason why we can't just give all 6,000 people coaches is because we pay coaches based on, um, you know, the people that they're servicing. And so that's why we have to have that that little charge. And that charge basically just goes to the coach. So so keep that in mind if you're interested in in having and we don't really call that the coaching program. We really call that more of like a buddy. And uh, but there's some cool things that are going to be happening to that that you guys are going to want to keep an eye on. And I think you're going to dig. I, I do think that, you know, for most people, even if you're really comfortable with the two reviews that we give you a week and that feels really good, you got to remember those small moments where you kind of let those voices come in. And we just think that if you have the ability to message a coach during those moments, rather than waiting three to five days, that that's a little bit better, you know? And uh, I think, I think uh, it's something, you know, we, like I said, we play in this middle ground, right? Where, you know, we're not really super expensive coaching, 
Um, we're also not just a food logger. And so this is something we wanted to do for a while. And I think if you're one of those $500 email coaches that are sending spreadsheets over the internet, you know, we're coming for you, you know, because we're already better than you are, you know. And so having the ability to be able to talk to a singular coach, I think, is something um, that uh, is going to be well received. Uh, last announcement, we do have T-shirts coming. Uh, we're trying to get them out f before uh, July 4th or just so you can get them by July 4th. It's going to be the standard bar don't lie t-shirt that we've had for forever. I don't know if we'll have tanks. I don't think we're going to have tanks. Um, it's just going to be either the, the men's shirt or, or, um, you know, the ones that are designed towards women, the men's shirt are typically unisex though. So if, um, if you don't typically like having that really slender type female shirt, you know, my wife wears the the unisex one all the time, you know, um, especially to the gym. So that's something to think about. And it will be on sale for 24 hours, you know, because we've got to be able to ship these to you guys. But it's it's pretty cool. I, I, I just saw black and white. Um, and so the bar don't lie is like red, white and blue. Um, which I'm really excited about that. And uh, I'm, I'm actually really excited about the white. I don't have any like white t-shirts other than like my undershirts just because they get dirty so easily. But in this case, I might buy like five of them you know, <laughs> um, just to have them available. So I'm really, really super excited about that. And I do think that we will be able to get you guys more apparel. We've been working on that. For, well, it feels like we've been working on that all five years, <laughs> actually five and a half years at this point. And um, but but we've got a better routine in place and it's something that we've been trying to be a little bit more committed to. So be on the lookout for that. But but really cool stuff. And uh, if you don't like the bar, don't lie T-shirt or if that doesn't fit, you know, you're a runner or whatever, um, we can then, you know, just wait you know, we'll, we'll get other t-shirts out to you guys. Um, okay. So Meredith, how are things going for you? Or that, was there anything that you wanted to bring up? I think this is probably going to be a relatively short podcast. We actually, um, just by mistake, Meredith was like, Hey, was the podcast last week, like so bad that you just wanted to like throw it away. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I didn't upload the podcast from, so I'm not talking about building blocks. You know, we had building blocks number seven where we talked about intermittent fasting, which went really well. Um, but it was the the one before that, which I think was better dieting number four. Right. Yeah. Um, we talked a lot about sleep, and I think we're going to go ahead and release that, right, Paul? Yes, we are going to release that. That it that got... won't, that won't be the thing that people remember the most about that podcast, if you recall. No. Um, no, it got a little crazy at the end. So listen to the end. It's it's entertaining. I promise. Um, so because it got a little crazy, I was afraid that he was just like, okay, she can't be my co-host anymore because that went way off rail. But <laughs> no, I mean, if anything, if anything, uh, those types of things where you know I'm either uncomfortable or uh, you know challenged. Th those make for the most entertaining podcast. See, I, I, the one thing that I, 
I never wanted this podcast to be was not entertaining, right? If you get too sciencey, not enough fun, you know, I, I just I don't listen to podcasts like that. So yeah. you know, um, well, it's definitely entertaining. So go ahead and listen to that. But we talk a lot about sleep. So this last two weeks, and I think we're going to touch on that here yeah. for a minute too. Yeah, but, will, um, we will. So to give them a little sneak preview. Okay. Um, Meredith said to me, this is what started the 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 roll downhill. She's like, <laughs> now, you're a big believer in bed before sex. And I was like Or sex before bed. You said that wrong. Yeah. No, because you, you said don't sacrifice sleep, sleep time for sex. Right. And I was like, right. nope, nope. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not me. Um <laughs> And uh, so you, you'll have to listen to it, <laughs> listen to my explanation as to why. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it was pretty funny. Um, so, so yeah, I, you know, at that point, actually, I had not started what, you know, I've been talking about in the Better Dieting group, and, and it seems like in every review I do right now, is um, I started napping. And one of the things that the guy talks about, the, the book we're talking about is Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. It's interesting <laughs> because what he says is that he used to do seminars. And in those seminars, he would say sleep, exercise, and um, food, or sleep, exercise, and diet are pillars of health. Right. But, but he changed that to sleep being the foundation and that exercise and, and diet, um, diet just meaning how you eat and what you eat, um, are actually offshoots of that, that everything starts with sleep. This might surprise everybody, but I also believe that. I also believe that everything starts <laughs> with, with sleep. So I got to tell you about these last 10 days because it's really been amazing. And now everybody going Dude, you're taking a nap. Of course it's amazing, you know. <laughs> but but it's not just the nap. It's what's happening around the nap. But go ahead, Meredith, what were you going to say? I was just going to to touch on we talked about this in our last podcast that I said I nap. I do these 20-minute power naps and you're like, "Yeah, I don't do that. I'm not a napper." So I really found it interesting after you read this book that when you started posting about the napping, I thought that was really interesting. So yeah, go ahead and I cannot I, even do, the only thing I can do is a power nap. Right. Like, it's oh. really, you know, it's really surprising. Like even of the 10 days, almost every single day I, I slept, you know, seven, seven and a half to eight hours, um, except for one day. But even on that one day, I was only able to power nap for 15 to 20 minutes. Now, what I do now, I know that this isn't something that everybody can do and I can totally relate to that. But I'm not the type of person that can just sit down and fall asleep. I need to actually have kind of a, a moment, right? Um, so so one of the things he, he suggests is in the book is a hot bath before you go to bed. Um, I've done that. It's a little warm here in Minnesota right now. So, you know, I haven't really felt like taking a hot bath uh, the good majority of the time, but it hasn't really stopped me. And ironically, the one thing that I listen to is his book. <laughs> you know, it puts me to sleep like every single time. Um, and Meredith's pointing to herself. Yeah. And, yeah. I, 
I was just going to say, it was even funny. So yesterday I was actually getting a pedicure, and I was reading the book while I was getting a pedicure, leaning back in these big chairs, and I actually almost dozed off reading that book <laughs> getting yeah. a pedicure. But, yeah. The, the person reading it is, uh, is actually not Matthew Walker. Um, it, it's another person, but, but his, his voice is almost too soothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not going to really go into the book like we did last time, but one thing that I can say about biphasic sleeping or sleeping with a nap in the middle of the day, um, there's been a few things that have happened to me. One, it was very common for me to, you know, hit that midday wall and have to kind of gut things out. There were many times, actually, my daughter, my daughter has pictures of me um, napping with my dog right next to me and she would send it to my wife because she thought it was really funny. So there were many times where I would be watching TV, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon or something and fall asleep. So this was not something that was totally new to me, but kind of doing it at, at, you know, one to one thirty, something like that. My rest of the day has been productive. I used to, if I ran errands, it was like dragging myself through the day. And now I have a lot of energy to do that. Um, I do it after the gym. I'm not completely convinced, you know, like I, I do I do like to have a, a bit of self-analysis to where I can see if something's beneficial or not. I can truthfully say that, you know, if I'm not sure that it's optimal doing my workouts after sleep just because you have a little sleep inertia thing kind of happening afterwards. And I'm not sure that that's best for optimal performance, but I feel good. You know, it doesn't doesn't feel bad. And um, but in general, so so this is probably the biggest revelation of all of it. So. As most people know, my, my bedtime is 9.30, and I'm a big proponent of a, of a regular bedtime. And doesn't mean that I go to sleep, but, but a lot of times I do. It used to be at 6 o'clock, I was, like, counting the minutes till it was 9.30 because I was <laughs> tired, you know. And um, I would get a little bit of a second win, and I wasn't, like, useless or anything like that. But, you know. I would get to bed at 9.30, and usually I would fall asleep hard at 945. And oftentimes, because I was sleeping so deep, I would wake up a little bit earlier. So I would end up getting six and a half hours sleep, and then you know it wasn't awesome. What's been really interesting about this is that I don't go to bed as wiped out. And sometimes it does take me to get to about 10 but I sleep longer because I'm not so famished. You know, I'm not so, I don't know if famished is the right word. That's more food related, but, but just, just, you know. Exhausted. Exhausted. Yeah. It was, thanks. Thank you for saving yeah. me there. Um, <laughs> but what's your experience with that? Because I mean, do you find that you're, you're midday now? I mean, there's a yeah. lot of people that, that say, look, dude, you know, all the crazy things that you tell us to do, I'm not doing this, you know. Um, but my, my wife started doing it, right? And she works for for an investment company. She's a business analyst. And, you know, they have downtown, there's, there's relaxation areas. And 
you know, she just puts on her face mask and, and, and sleeps for, you know, 20 minutes in, in these big, just gigantic chairs. And, uh, you know, it, 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 I, I think if, if, if you viewed sleep as the foundation of everything that you do and you made it a priority, you could find a way to get in a 20 minute nap. Come on, let's be real. Um, I agree hundred percent. So I've been a proponent of power naps for years. Actually, I read this thing one time on NASA napping. It's, mm. it's interesting. Someone just Google NASA napping and it's like the, per they say it's the perfect amount of time. It's like 27 minutes or something like that. And they do it for their astronauts, um, when they're in training and stuff. And, um, but so I've been doing it for a long time and I, I'm the same way. I feel like my afternoons are more productive, but I even, so when I, um, doing more dental hygiene and worked full, you know, eight hour days, I'd get an hour, you know, an hour lunch. I would go to a, drive my car to a park underneath shade. And I always kept a pillow and a blanket in my car and I'd lean back and I'd do 20 minutes in my car. Um, I, yeah, was I think that if you're thinking that you have to lay in bed and you know, this and that. Now I do think that it is optimal to do that. Right. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I literally just, you know, um, you know, I, I not, not naked, naked, but I take my clothes off because, you know, there's a lot of advantage to being cooler, right. right. In, in terms of sleeping. So I, um, my thing is though, if I sleep long, I actually have to set an alarm. I have to set an alarm and wake myself up. My body just doesn't wake up because sometimes I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there yet on sleep. Like you are at my night. I'll be honest. It's what I struggle with and I'm really working especially since our podcast and reading this book. And I've listened to a couple other podcasts I'll talk about just real quick. But um, I, I'm i tired. And so when I take a nap, if I sleep longer than that 20, 25 minutes, it's worse. I feel worse. I wake up feeling worse. And I'm it, it messes. So I have to set an alarm and make myself get out of bed. Um, but if you – I'm with you. If you view the – as the foundation, sleep is the foundation of, of everything. It takes a different, um, it makes you think about it differently. It takes a different priority. My problem is here I was making sleep a priority and in the middle of me making sleep a priority, we went and got a puppy. <laughs> yeah. Puppies mess with sleep as a priority. That's for sure. <laughs> but I love the puppy, so we're keeping the puppy, and I'm just working around it right now. Um, for yeah, sometimes you have to, right? I mean, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of new moms and new dads that they're like, dude, you know, if that's, that's, if that's if that's a necessity for fat loss, then count me out because you know I have a newborn. It's like, well, you know, like there are times, you know, there was a there was a client that that messaged me today, and you know. I would say that he does not have all the fundamentals correct, you know, or right now, but, uh, <clears throat> right. Like he's, he's got to get things in, in order. So we're going to go ahead and, and, and run a fat loss cycle. I mean, just because you don't have everything perfect. I mean, we would prefer you have everything perfect, but just, just because you don't doesn't mean that, you know, we'll say no. Right. So kind of keep, keep that in um in in your mind um i did actually there was one other thing but go ahead meredith you talk about your thing and then we'll move to the next thing okay i was just going to say just a couple of things that i wanted to 
to bring up just on that sleep, and I think we're going to move on to something else. But something I started doing is, um, have you heard of like um, blue light blocking glasses? Mm-hmm. So I got some because I was reading a thing on how you know blue light is a stimulation, especially when you know your your screens and computers and um, and it just it stimulates you, and so you're less likely to fall right asleep if you've been on a computer or on a phone or something right before you go to bed. So I bought these blue light glasses. Isn't it even television? Yeah, 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 even television. So I bought these blue light blocking glasses. My kids think they're hilarious, but um, I've been wearing them, and it's really funny how because usually I'll be honest, usually at night I do a pass right before I go to bed of the customer service stuff that we do just to keep everything clean and keep everything caught up. And so I'm on the computer usually right before I go to bed or my phone, and it was kind of funny wearing these the last few days. My eyes get tired really fast with these glasses on, and um, I find myself more tired just not having that stimulus of the blue. And they're like 15 bucks on Amazon. It's not like I'm spending hundreds of dollars on them. It's kind of interesting because, you know, just playing devil's advocate, mm-hmm. in the book, he talked about the placebo effect of things like that. Right. right? And, <laughs> yeah, and, and talked about, look, you know, if you think it's working for you, that's as powerful as whether or not it's actually working for you. I could never look at screens before bed. Um, that was actually one of the things that I just had to take out. And every time I break that rule, it screws me every single time, which once again could be a placebo effect <laughs> you know, related to that, right? True. Um, True. All right, so, so I did have someone uh, reach out to me and it was interesting because, uh, you know, I had used her graph in one of the, uh, you know, I, a lot of people had asked for a glossary of, you know, articles that might help when you're first starting out at each perform. And so, so I've started to do that. I actually put some of those in the announcements uh, in the Better Dieting group. So you can be on the lookout for that. But in in that, you know, walk people through the the phases. I think a lot of people don't realize that with Eat to Perform, we're not guessing. You know, there was there was a client that I was talking to, and they they mentioned you know they bought macros from somebody like that, somebody, and and the phases were decent, but they were based off of total daily energy expenditure and and they did not know that she was under eating right right and so 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 she basically just bought you know $100 worth of macros um and it wasn't a good fit for her situation so in our situation we know exactly where you are not only that but we can actually predict the outcome right so we will often say to someone who's like am i ready for fat loss no, we're not. You're not ready for fat loss unless you're just looking to lose two to three pounds. If you're looking to lose more like eight to ten pounds, you know you really need to be more in this range, right? And so we've got it to the point where it's actually you can you can pretty much predict it. But so the phases, uh, the eating form methods is actually what it what it's called, and the phases that I walk people through. I showed this person's graph and she just went and got her body fat tested. Now she did not, you know, this is, this is kind of an interesting point 
I think we're probably going to end just on this, right? Because I, I was I was thinking of, of bringing up another topic, but since we have the podcast from last week that never got published, we'll just stop here. But I think that this is an interesting conversation. <laughs> so she um, she started with us, you know, over 200, and you can see that in the graph. And in that graph. Um, you can see that her, her calories went up like by quite a bit. I mean, I think at the top end, it was like 3,900 or something just like super obscene. And she's still losing weight, right, the whole way, you know. And um, what was interesting about it, because I think, I think in the end, you know, she has lost something in the neighborhood of 70 pounds. But what what what's interesting is that she had a body fat test from the year before where she weighed less. And on that body fat percentage, she was, you know, 27 and a half, something like that. And I can't remember the specific numbers, but I remember that she lost four pounds of muscle um, from that body fat test to the other body fat test. So, when she was 27.5%, I think she might have been 143 in terms of lean mass. Um, after basically nine months with each reform, she's now 12.5%. She did lose a tiny bit of muscle, but of that spread, right, you know, which I think was 40 pounds. It was 37 pounds and then four pounds of muscle, right? You literally cannot do it better than that. Um, Honestly. It's very common for someone to lose 40 pounds and blow through 15 to 20 pounds of muscle. That's really common. That's what I was going to say. The fact that she only lost four pounds of muscle is actually really impressive. Yeah. I mean, the fact that she was able to stay as lean as she has been. Mm Um, is, is, is really cool. Um, I, I think the, the thing, you know, like at one point we had a before picture of her, we just changed sales. So, you know, it might end up going back, but we had a, uh, a before picture of her and an after picture and actually her current after picture is actually more impressive than the after picture that we had on that sales page. Um, but most people, when they are, you know, they're they're not particularly dying to share that first picture, right? Unless, of course, you know, they end up being 70 pounds different and then as as contrast. Which brings me to a totally separate point that kind of annoyed me this week, right? So in my Googling and stuff like this, I came across like, biggest loser winners and did they keep the weight on and it frustrated me so much that that was the comparison and here here's what they did they basically took the picture of when they won and then years later what they weigh now and in almost every case it was more right right but what pisses me off Mm -hmm. about is that that's the wrong picture. The picture they should be comparing is the first picture, right? Yeah. 
I mean, they weren't incentivized to be as super lean. So look, let's be real. You know, if you lose 150 pounds and you gain back 20 to 30 pounds of it, you know, in almost no scenario did did any did those people gain all the weight back, right? Not even half. If I've looked at some of those, I mean, some of them haven't yeah. even gained half of it. Most of them haven't even gained half of it back. Yeah, but like it, it <laughs> should be somewhat normal to to gain 20 to 30 pounds once you aren't incentivized by money, once you aren't incentivized by, you know, let's be real what those people are doing. They, they were just burning the candle at both ends. And we all know the horror stories and the suicides and all these different things. Man, the suicide thing is just, is just, I don't know if you saw, but today, um, Anthony Bourdain um, uh, apparently died at 61 parent suicide um, in France. And then, um, you know, once again, I don't, I don't know this for fact, but that's what's being mm -hmm. reported. Um, it looked like fade, um, that that was the same situation for her. Um, and I think it, it, you know, there was something that, that I was looking at with research and it was talking about money and what money buys and 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 I can't remember the exact number but I, I think the number was something like $70,000 right that you know when the difference between someone that has is living off of $70,000 compared to someone that's living off of say 500,000 or the or Warren Buffett level right isn't that much different like from a mentality standpoint, right? Yeah. And I just think that when, that we as a society overvalue celebrity and we view them as having lives that we aspire to have. And you don't realize that, you know, those people have similar struggles to what we have. <clears throat> and, you know, I still, I mean, I hate to bring everything back to the sleep thing, but, you know, the book really talks a lot about that. And, you know, when you're traveling a lot, you know, you just kind of wonder, um, in the case of Kate Spade, you know, I mean, how many sleepless nights did she have, you know, while building that business? Well, and it talks about, too, I mean, with the sleep, just how much um, stress, if you're not sleeping, you don't respond as well to stress. And um, I listened to it. I mentioned that I didn't actually bring it up, but I mentioned, have you ever listened to Barbell Shrugged? A little bit. Okay. Uh, I'm very, I have a couple that I like, a couple that I've listened to. I don't, I'm not one of those religious, because um, actually I, I shouldn't say, some, one of them actually annoys me a little bit. But um, he, they were talking to, do you know um, who Kirk Pasley is, Dr. Kirk Pasley? No. He is, a, he was, he wor he's worked with Navy SEALs. On sleep, he kind of became a sleep guru on accident, studying the issues that some of these Navy SEALs were having. And um, but he talks about stress too. So I was I really like because he really the book that we're reading, Why We Sleep, and the what I listened to, they coincide so much and they both have just such great points. They're all saying the same thing. But people who don't sleep are more prone to depression, and people um, and you can't manage your stress as well when you're not sleeping. And I thought it was interesting, I just want to share this because it was such a good analogy, 
Um, he was talking about sleep, stress management, diet or nutrition, if you will, and exercise as being the four things that we need to manage, you know, kind of like you had talked about there being pillars of um, health. But he said, if your buddy pulls up in a car with three wheels and he's like, man, this car runs horribly. I think the fuel injectors are clogged. We need right. to fix the fuel injectors. <laughs> and you're like, um, why don't we try putting another wheel on and see how well it runs? Yeah. But I think, that, you know, as a society, we kind of treat the symptom like, okay, here you're depressed, let's give you medication, let's do, no, I'm not saying, don't, please, don't, um, I'm not saying people who struggle with mental health, that is not a saying you don't need to have medication. I'm just saying sometimes we treat those symptoms and throw medications and pharmaceuticals at um, people when if we could fix the what's don't causing it, yeah, the, put the other wheel on the car and see if it doesn't run better. You could really argue that with nutrition as well, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The four, all, yeah. either any of them, besides stress, I mean, stress, sleep, nutrition. But, but a lot of people diet. will hear that message and they'll just think to themselves, they're talking about me being in optimal body composition. And no. that's what we're talking about. What we're talking about is eating an adequate amount for what you do. I was actually, I don't know if you know this, but I was on episode 64, I think it was, of Barbell Shrug. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it, it, you know, it went good. Um, I mean, it was probably within the first, you know, I'd say six months of, of the page. And, and they were just interested and asked me if I would be willing to come down to Memphis. And I did it. Um, it's funny because, like, looking back at it, because people, you know, somebody sent me the, the video. It was five years ago now. And, uh, you know, I just look so small, you know. <laughs> Um, way different than I look now, a um, lot less muscle, and uh, it was it it was interesting because you know I I kind of have talked to those guys a little bit. Uh, that that's the only I I feel like we've evolved a lot, and I feel like they have a certain narrative related to nutrition that they definitely want to go to. And we don't fit that narrative. Um, and their narrative is less. Right. Which is, which is why I said I'm kind of selected on some of the things that I, I listened to on their um, podcast, but this one was really, really good. Um, but it really, it really fit what we're already reading with this, why you can sleep and some of the things we talked about. It's just, like I said, that was just one of the better analogies that I'd heard because it's yeah. kind of funny. No, that, is, that is really good. I and people can relate to that. You're like, well, gosh, put the four wheels on the car, get all those in and see. But they ta just talked about even with our um, our military and stuff and um, PTSD and traumatic brain injuries and things that they deal with that um, sometimes it's a lack of sleep issue because it throws off their hormones and it throws off and then they don't well, actually – Matthew goes into PTSD yeah. um, and I believe it was like chapter 10 where, you know, just the recuperative value of um, REM sleep in particular and how it almost works as sort of therapy. And, you know, he specifically spoke to the fact that if you don't dream about the things that harmed you, right. That that you will not recover 
And, and so there's a lot of people with, you know, night terrors and things like that, that really struggle with different things. And he did actually talk about a medication. I'm, I'm with you. Like, like, I think that medication has a place, but I think too often, you know, people go to medication first rather than trying to kind of take things as a whole. And the other thing that I found interesting is just um, that when your body, what your brain does when you don't sleep, like how it's stimulated and how it's constantly trying to, you know, that it, it has to stay stimulated to keep you awake instead of being recovered. And it's just they related it a little bit to um, like ADD and ADHD and how your body, someone with ADHD, someone who's suffering from lack of sleep, their brain kind of reacts the same way. So I don't know. It's just yeah. interesting. But I think I think that when we look at you know the body fat percentage that I just talked about, yeah. you know I think when you if you were to see her file, what you would see is that when she was eating a lot and working out a lot, she was sleeping a lot, and so that retained a lot of that muscle, and because of that, she was able to get to like I've never seen, like in in her instance for having 140 pounds of muscle or 140 pounds of lean mass that that's almost as much as I've ever seen right and you can only get really super lean like that holding on to and building muscle you know there's right. so many people that think that oh I'll just lose this next 5 pounds because they do the math and they go okay well I'm 22% I want to get to 17% so 1.4 or you know if they weigh 140 1.4 times 5 you know that's 7 pounds if I lose 7 pounds that's how it works what what ends up happening is that if you're sleeping less than 6 hours a day you would be lucky to just hang on to at least half and so if you don't factor in workouts and sleep into that equation and you're not keeping sleep. There's so many people that are using the nuclear bomb approach, you know, <laughs> and not I like realizing, it. you know, I mean, in the, in the article that I wrote where I kind of walk people through like the beginning stages, I use the example of someone that, that we knew of that lost 50 pounds over the course of two years right? But blew through 20 pounds of muscle to do that, right? And in the case of the example that I'm talking about now, she obviously didn't, you know, and ended up at, at 12 and a half percent. Like in the case of the, in the case of the person that lost 50 pounds, she's not 12 and a half percent. She's like 24, you know, which is still awesome, right? right. But, but, <laughs> but it, imagine if she didn't do it so restrictively. I mean, what what's interesting is that she did it very restrictively and it took two years. When you look at the example that I'm talking about, she mm -hmm. didn't do it near as restrictively and only took nine months. So that's the big one. Can I use myself as an example for just a second? Um, because we use ourselves as examples all the time. But that's way to use, right? Then we don't then we you know, no one can say, Hey, you're you're kind of making light of my situation. Right, so I'm sitting right now at about 160, I'm 5'7", for those that um, don't know, I didn't finish my sentence, I'm sitting right about 165, 167, like that's where I am sitting right now. Um, my lean mass is 136, Yeah. Um, so my body fat percentage is hovering right around 20, and I was going to start a fat loss phase because, not because I feel like I'm overweight or I feel, there, there's a reason, there's a specific reason why I wanted to do a fat loss phase. It's because my gymnastics are getting harder because <laughs> I put on a little muscle 
this last this last year I've really been working on some muscle and I've had some really good muscle gains and I've had some great PRs and stuff in the gym. Just yesterday I hit three PRs. I did a um, 165 pound power clean, which I've never done that before, and then I hit a 160 pound clean and jerk, which I wasn't able to hit the jerk on the third, 165. But then for those of you who do CrossFit, Annie is a um, a girl wad and it's 50, 40, 30, 20, 10 of double unders and ab mat sit-ups. And I hit a PR on that too at doing it in six minutes and 56 seconds. So I'm feeling really good. I put on a lot of muscle. But my gymnastics are a little harder because I weigh a little more. I mean, to be honest. Um, so yeah. I'm working on I want to get muscle ups. I want to do, you know, pull ups. I want some of those. So I wanted to do a fat loss. That, but, I will say, I, will, I, have to, I have to stop you for just a second there because there's a lot of people who don't have a pull-up and they weigh 137 pounds and they're going to hear what you just said and okay. think that they need to lose weight. And no. truthfully, truthfully I think what, what Meredith is describing, I mean, I, there's a gal at my gym, I used to use her as an example all the time, that could do five strict pull-ups, no problem right? Mm -hmm. 240 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So some of it is strength related. I do agree with you that in your situation that your gymnastics would be better. I mean, when I was 149, 149 pounds, you know, I, I could literally stay on the bar forever, you know? Um, but just like I said, just a little bit, and I'm talking not a lot. I really think if I could just go down even five, five, six pounds, but I want to do it without losing muscle. Where I was going with that is I was going to start a fat loss phase two weeks ago. I did not because we had that conversation on sleep. That was where I was going. And I realized that right now for me to do that, it wouldn't be successful because I don't have that sleep piece in place. I'm not sure that it wouldn't be successful. You might be able to lose weight. Knowing my, knowing my body and yeah. how I respond to things, I don't think it's going to be successful. Does that make sense? No, so it doesn't. It doesn't I'm just saying sense. for me, I'm holding off. For a little bit so I can get that piece in place and then I'm gonna go go for it and see what happens but where I wanted to go for that is where I wanted to go with that is I don't want to sacrifice that muscle that I worked hard to gain and I don't want to sacrifice 10 even I don't want to sacrifice anyway I don't want to sacrifice 10 pounds or blow through 10 pounds of muscle just so I can do a muscle up <laughs> or so I can you know that that's um you know I do use my body fat percentage on my home scale a little bit as a guide um, as my weight goes up. So, you know, if if that doesn't change that much as as weight goes up, I don't really bother myself. But the one thing that I do that I think is is really important and we this was actually the theme of the day um, is if my weight were to start spiking up first thing i'm gonna look at is my sleep good right and so right now yeah my sleep's good right so okay what are my workouts like okay i gotta admit a little <laughs> bit that my workouts have not been phenomenal and that i've been focused a lot more on strength which of course is allowing me to build muscle but you know like i've promised amanda west that i'll be doing hill sprints and I've yet to do the hill sprints. Part of the reason why is because, um, you know, I've been spending the summer focused on squats. And so my big concern with that is that, uh, you know, I did run like five miles uh, about a week ago. 
and I, you know, it was after squat day and I felt a little tweak in my quad. And so I get concerned about being injured and then not being able to do that. I know I can jog. Like if I jog five miles, I can stop. But when you're sprinting, you know, it, it hurts fast. Now I do hill sprints, so I'm able to protect my hamstrings. Um, but it's you you are putting a lot of pressure on your quads. Yeah. Amanda is another she's a local you talked about Amanda West, she's a local Kansas City girl. And we've got lots of hills here and I like hill sprints. I'm a hill you know, I used to I have a used to be a runner, but I can't wait to squat with you at summer camp. We squatted a little bit last year. My squats right now are, are really good. Um but I'm not I'm not a naturally gifted squatter. You know, but I, you know, the other day I did 200 pounds, pause squats, you know, five times nice. five, um, super easy, you know, so I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I'm getting, I mean, the big benefit is not the squatting, the squatting just activates the muscle, it's the leg extensions, you know, and so, so hopefully by the time I see you at summer camp, my quads will be ginormous, <laughs> my level of ginormous. All right, so. From that perspective, uh, we will end. Uh, appreciate you being here. And uh, do you want to say goodbye to everyone? Yeah. Um, I hope everybody has a great Friday. Everybody has a great weekend and, you know, sleep. <laughs> Get some sleep. Listen to both podcasts, though. And, of course, we tell us how funny you think the other one is. But <laughs> Yeah. They. Uh... All right. Great talking to you and talk to you. You too, Paul. Yep. All right. Bye.